All right. Everyone's still doing good? Sweet. Um, I have the privilege, I am so excited about today, um, to introduce to you our speaker this morning. Um, because I get to see behind closed doors um, how my wife really acts. I get to see her prayer life. I get to see um, how she deals with frustrations. Um, there is a phrase that, that is often said when you're married and you talk about your better half. Um, I really feel like Tiffany is my other half and she is much, much better. I genuinely feel that. Um, and so I've been really excited. My children say amen. I've been really excited um, for this moment for you to be able to hear from her. And I encourage you to open, open your heart and receive the word this morning from my favorite person on planet Earth, my wife, Tiffany Nelly. Would you welcome her? That was so sweet. So now that you got me to get up and preach, am I going to get you to run a half marathon with me? I did what you do. 5K. Okay, we'll start there. Um, Thank you so much for letting me share with you this morning. Um, It's just fun. You know, you might have heard the the show Wife Swap. I feel kind of like this is spouse swap this morning because Jamie's up here on base and and I'm the one sitting here preaching um, with you, but it's fun. It's neat to get to see, you know, what your spouse does. It gives you a greater, um, you know, capacity for compassion into what they go through. And, you know, it's easy for me to take for granted um, just the time that he spends preparing and all that. And then it's my turn and I have to do it. I'm like, oh, I need to make sure I give him plenty of space and time to do what he needs to do on a regular basis. Um, so... This has nothing to do with with my message, but I just felt like sharing this with you this morning because as I was preparing last week, um, I was praying about about this morning, and I I just want you to know that I had all the same typical thoughts that anyone um, probably would when they're going to um, be in a position to share the word with someone else. Um, And it was the thoughts of, um, I'm not worthy, I've made too many mistakes, I'm not qualified, Um, and I felt like I should just encourage all of you the the same words that I heard God tell me, um, and that's that he does not call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. And um, there's a very similar word this morning in the prayer room, and um, I just thought, okay, you know what, that's probably... Uh, verification that I should just share that with you all as well, because believe it or not, every one of you is called, and it may not be to share in a, in a public setting, but there's going to be someone that, that God puts in your path. There may be a Bible study that he calls you to lead, um, and you're going to hear those thoughts of shame in your head that tells you that you can't, that you've disqualified yourself, and I just want to tell you that, it, that that's a lie from the enemy. Um, so... Thank you. This we are on um, Christianese part six, and we've uh, titled this sermon "Peace Be With You." And um, so, Christianese, you know, uh-oh. user error. All right, um, Christianese. When we use that word, we're talking about like the words and the phrases that we use um, with each other often at church that don't make sense to the rest of the world. And, um, and so we just want to break down some of these phrases over the past, um, the past five sermons you've heard in this morning, um, just to bring those back to a more understandable, relatable, um, you know, way to hear them. And so this morning, um, I feel like peace is just sort of like a life 
message of mine that the Lord always deals with me about. So um, I knew that's what I wanted to talk about. And, and we, were, we were thinking how oftentimes, even in, in churches, you, people greet each other, peace be with you, peace be unto you. It's one of those things that's said, but we don't always understand exactly what peace is. Um, it was funny this, this, this week, this past week, I should have realized that um, if, I, if I'm going to talk about peace, that I'm going to have a lot of opportunities to keep my peace. And this week was no, uh, was no exception to that. Um, I, you know, I just, I forgot often that, that what you, you talk about, you have a chance to practice in your own life and, you know, just not big things, but little things, you know, on a daily basis. Like for me, it was pulling stuff out of the fridge. The top's not on it, the, the container and like corn's going everywhere on the floor and the dog throws up on the brand new sofa we just bought. And, you know, those little things that are not the, not the large scale, um, monumental situations in life, but just those little things that every day, one after another, you just have a chance to react to them. Um, and in those reactions, you have a chance to see how full your peace level is inside of you. Um, so I had that, I had the opportunity this week. There's just nothing that gets me frustrated quicker than having just cleaned something and then it immediately gets messed up, whether it's, you know, I, Every week I, I get something out of the dryer, put it on, spill coffee on myself. That's, that's a weekly occurrence. But those little things, those little frustrations, man, it gets a good uh, barometer to where your peace is. So I'm gonna, I want to talk about this morning what peace actually is. So the world's definition, I looked up um, actually in the, de- in the dictionary what it said for the definition of peace. And it said a state of tranquility or quiet, a lack of war, harmony, and personal relations. And I think that that is often what we think of when we hear the word peace. Um, but if these were the true definitions of the word peace... I think at least the parents in the room would agree that you would never experience peace if it meant a state of tranquility or quiet. Um, I know there's different seasons in life that you go through, and there may be some seasons that you're in where there's a lot of quiet and calm in your house, but it's not always going to be that situation. Um, And so, you know, if that's not the true definition of peace, um, then it made me want to really study and find out what does the Lord say that peace is. Um, And the biblical concept of peace, it's larger, much larger than that. And it draws meaning from the Hebrew word shalom, which means to be complete and sound. And it has everything to do with man's relationship with God, with God being that completeness and that wholeness in your life. I have notes. I don't like notes, but I felt like it was necessary this morning to have something to flip. <laughs> um, so in John 20, verses 19 through 21, Jesus came and stood among them. This is, by the way, let me give you context. So Jesus has just um, risen from the grave, and he's just encountered Mary Magdalene. And um, she's gone to tell the disciples that she saw Jesus. And so this is his first encounter with the disciples after after um, rising from the dead, and he's talking with them for the first time. So it says, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. 
So I want you to notice what happens both times he says that phrase. Right after he says the words, peace be with you, um, the first time after he says it, he shows them and proves that he is actually the son of God. The next time he says the phrase, peace be with you, he breathes on them to receive the Holy Spirit. And so um, this verse right here is proving to us that God himself is peace. Because he's saying, I am, look, look at my hands, look at my side, I'm with you. Peace be with you. I am peace and I'm with you. And then he's telling them, you know, I'm going to leave, but I'm leaving with you, the Holy Spirit. And before he breathes on them, the Holy Spirit, he says again to them that peace is with you. So I want you to begin to think of the word peace as being synonymous with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus, with God. It's who he is. You know, we say that God is love and he is, but he is also peace. He's also joy. He is also a long list um, of qualities. So the big question then is how do we live in peace? First, I think that we have to know what it's not. Oftentimes you have to know what something is not to really realize what it is. So peace is not simply a quiet atmosphere or the, present, or the absence of trouble or problems. Um, okay, well, there we go. Um, in John fourteen twenty seven, it says, Peace I live with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Um, you know, so often in life we want to figure out why bad things happen. Why do bad things happen to good people? Um, you know, I'm a good person. Why do I experience negative things? Why does this happen to me? We turn it and make it about ourselves, if you'll notice in all those situations. Um, and, you know, my comfort has always been in not having to understand why things happen. Um, because, like we sang this morning, I know that God's good. Um, I know that. And I know that he's peace. And I know that he's with me. And, you know, through the years, as things have happened in our lives that you can't explain or understand that you would prefer to not happen, um, I, I have always taken comfort in knowing that God never actually promised that we wouldn't have trouble. He never promised that we wouldn't have trials and tribulations. He never said that bad things wouldn't happen. Um, he never said we wouldn't get sick. Um, but he did say that he would be with us in the midst of those things. Um, that he did promise. He promised that he'd never leave us. He promised that he'd never forsake us. He promised to be our healer, um, which means there's something to be healed from. And so I don't point to the bad things that happen in life um, and say, God, where are you? You've broken your promise. Because he didn't, he didn't tell us that. But what I always rest in knowing is that despite what happens, despite those circumstances, that he's with me, that I'm not alone in them. In John 16, 33, it says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Um, I just want to encourage you that like, it is possible to have that inner peace because it's an internal, not an external thing. It's possible to have that, that peace during those times um, because if you have the Lord, you have peace. Uh, we've, like every couple, been through 
lots of things. The first thing that came to my mind as I was studying this was just a season of life when we were in um, the having children stage and we had Ethan and we went through several heartbreaking miscarriages. One was twins. um, Another was a a single baby. And um, I can honestly say um, in, in the midst of the heartbreak of experiencing loss, um, I felt peace, and I didn't understand why. Um, I didn't understand why we lost those babies. I didn't. I couldn't explain to you why. People would ask me and want to, you know, they want you to have an answer. Well, where was God during this, or what do you think is the reason? And I would just say I have no idea, but I know that I feel peace in the middle of sorrow. Um, and I don't know if you've ever experienced that. I know Cynthia has because she spoke about it this morning too. And I think that's what it means when it says that that he gives us peace that passes our understanding because it bypasses our logic um, and it bypasses our our desire as humans to want to reason things out. You have to let go of that to experience this kind of peace that I'm talking about. And once you do, um, you 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 feel the Lord standing right next to you. And you know that you don't have to understand all the whys and the hows to experience that. Um, peace is a gift, and I just encourage you to receive it instead of trying to earn it. So next, how do we live in peace? By being intentional and keeping it. In Psalms 34, 14, It says, turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Um, The New Living Translation, I love it, says, search for peace and work to maintain it. Um, So the word pursue, the first thing I thought of uh, as an example, I thought of like a a high-speed police chase where they're chasing a car and they're in hot pursuit of the suspect. Um, That's just, when I hear the word pursue, that's the first thing I thought of. And, um, you know, when they're in pursuit of a suspect, their, their whole goal is to not lose sight of that car, of that person. Um, there may be some distance between, um, between them, but they're doing every they can, everything they can to just not lose sight of it. They may, there may be a helicopter that's looking as well and radi- radioing to the police, you know, like, like where to turn and what to do. But the act of pursuing is definitely an action word. It's the opposite of sitting and waiting for something to happen. And so when you are seeking and pursuing peace, in your life, you have to realize it requires some type of work on your part to lay hold of it. Um, <clears throat> when, when Jamie is seeking the remote, how many of you, our kids, I love them, but they lose the remote and they don't know where they put it. And Jamie, I'll hear him from another room and say, where did they put the remote? <laughs> it's usually somewhere like when you've like carried it in another room with you and you leave it in that room, you know, and it's nowhere you're looking. But when Jamie is seeking the remote, he does not stop until he finds it. I mean, there are, there are cushions flying, you know, there's, we've got a remote locator. And so it's beeping and it's like, everybody be quiet and listen for the beep. <laughs> We're crawling under stuff trying to get it. Um, but there's, he is not sitting there saying, well, I sure do wish I had the remote. Like he is seeking it. There is lots of action going on in his part to find that remote. Um, you know, and, and also in my life, when I'm pursuing a personal goal, um, I'm doing the Chicago Marathon in October to raise money for World Vision um, and their clean water effort in Africa. That's my little plug. I slid in there. You like that? Um, 
But when I'm pursuing a, a personal goal, I restructure my life so that I can lay hold of that goal. Um, I don't just, you know, sign up for that and then just hope it happens. It requires work and effort on my part to figure out how will this happen? How can I pursue this goal and make sure that I, that I lay hold of it at the finish line? I restructure things. I set my alarm earlier. Um, I reshuffle my days. I, I stop eating this. I start eating that. There's a whole, there's a whole lot of, um, purposeful, intentional work that goes into to pursuing and seeking something. So if peace is what you feel like you're lacking in your life, I encourage you to, um, to ask yourself how you can restructure your life to lay hold of that peace, um, how you can be intentional in looking for it. And in verses 13 and 14 of Psalms 34 and 13, it says, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from, from speaking lies. And in 14, it says, turn from evil and do good. Um, And I feel like those are little clues for us on how we can make seeking peace easier. Um, If you are always speaking the opposite of what you're wanting to see happen, um, good luck finding peace. Um, But if you can keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies about yourself, about other people, it's going to help your process in seeking that peace. Um, Notice that God never tells us that we're a lost cause. I love how he says, turn from evil and do good. That means that you could have been doing evil and you can always choose to turn and do good. We are never a lost cause. There is no one that's beyond the Lord's redemption. Um, And it's easy for us to make assumptions about people and, and lump them into a category of a past mistake and forget that God always says you can always turn. You can always stop your tongue. You can always choose to do good. Um, And when you do that, the peace of the Lord is sitting there waiting for you. I've heard the phrase, anyone, I say it all the time, anyone heard the phrase, don't lose your peace? Um, I say that myself, and then I'll laugh and I'll think, I really never lose my peace. Like, I know exactly where I left it. Um, and it's funny because if we lose something, it's like, well, I have no idea where it is. And I always know where it is. Like I can tr- always trace back to the last point that I felt peace in my life and what happened at that moment to cause me to leave it there and walk over here. Um, so anything that's important to us, you know, we have a keen awareness of where that thing is at all times. Um, at least in general, I have a general idea of where my children are at all times because they're important to me. I might not know the specifics, but I have an idea of are they at home or not, you know. Um, your keys, your wallet, someone in our family who shall remain nameless has an issue with losing his wallet. <laughs> and we seek that thing over and over again, but he knows that he's lost it. It's not like I'm not aware that I don't have it. It's like, oh, wait, where is it? It's on my pocket. I don't have it. You know, you, you're aware of it. I um, <clears throat> have had a personal problem with losing my keys. And I say losing. Um, I actually never lose them. What I have always done is lock them in the car. And I know as soon as the door shuts, it's like, oh, no. Like, it's the moment. Like, I know that I've left them in there. I don't know how you can get out of your car and not have your keys in your hand. I know it's ridiculous, but that's the thing. You know, his is the wallet. His is the remote. Mine's the car keys. I always lock them in the car. Um, So one time, 
one time after uh, just like a long string, you know, sometimes it ha- happens in these clumps that I would lock my keys in the car. And I have the type of key that you can't go make a copy. It's got the little clicker on the key itself. So you have to pay $75 to buy a spare key, which I did because of my problem of locking them in the car. And I put it in a little magnet thing and stuck it under my car so I could crawl under there and grab it out. Well, of course, the first time that I needed to use it because I was somewhere and locked my keys in the car, I crawled under there and just the magnet was there and the rest of it had fallen off and it was like, no. Um, And so I refused to get another key made because they cost too much just to have them continually falling off from the underside of my car. And so I just would proceed to call Jamie, who has the only other key to my vehicle, which means he would always have to leave where he was and come to my rescue to let me in my car. So one day I was in Tallahassee and locked my keys in my car. I mean, the moment the door closed, I knew I had just done it. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I, I pulled up. We have, a little, um, we have a little calendar app on our phone. So we, you know, it syncs everyone's calendars together. So I, I pulled that up, and I knew that he was in a meeting here. And I was like, I just cannot bring myself to dial his number and tell him that I've done this again. Like, it's just not going to happen. And so I'm coming up with other ways to get home. How do I get my car home? I'm not calling Jamie. It's not going to happen right now. <clears throat> and so... I did have my purse with me, thank goodness. I had my purse, just not my keys. Um, And so I thought, well, I guess I could call a locksmith. First I thought, the police, right? The police can come and do the little thing and get the the key out. So I called the the local police department, and they said, we don't do that anymore, ma'am. Like, I don't know what era you're from, but we're not going to come get... We're not going to come get your keys out of your car for you. So it's like, dang it, okay. Um, and then I thought, well, maybe I can, maybe I can call a locksmith, right? Because they could come. And so I'm looking up on my phone, Tallahassee locksmith standing in the parking lot. And people are asking if they can help me. I'm like, no, it's beyond your control. Thank you. This is my own situation I got to handle. So I found a locksmith, called them. I'm looking in my purse, and I had this little personal cash stash. Does anybody do that? Where it's like, it's not going to affect your family budget. Mine was, I had, I would, um, earn some just from like doing part-time jobs on the side. And so sometimes I would just save that money. So if I want to do something like buy running shoes or something that I would feel guilty for putting on the credit card or a debit card, I would use this little personal stash of cash. So I had that with me and I might've been about to spend it in Tallahassee. I'm not sure. But, so the locksmith came, got my keys out of the car, and you know, it was like I had exactly enough to pay that man in cash, get my keys out. It didn't have to hurt us. It did hurt me because I couldn't buy what I was about to buy. I had to just drive myself back home, but I avoided, uh, I avoided having to inconvenience Jamie for the 10 millionth time. Um, but do you know something? When you pay a, a price and sacrifice to get something, um, it changes your interaction with that thing. So, like, do you know that I have not locked my keys in the car one time? And that was a good year or so ago. Like, it wasn't just recently. I have not locked my keys in the car one time since I had to spend my little cash hoard on the locksmith in Tallahassee. Now, I did lock myself out of the house. (laughs) 
not too long ago, I think Jamie was in staff meeting and had to leave and come, and come let me in the house. But we fixed that too because now we have a keypad and I can always get in the house. Um, so, you know, as you're mindful of your peace, as you're mindful um, of, where, of where it is in your life, um, sometimes you might have to pay a high price um, to keep it or to get it back. But even doing that, even that sacrifice of keeping your peace will help you know in future situations how to um, hold on to it to begin with. Um, you know, I know a lot of times it's, you have that awful feeling of knowing, oh, you know, I just yelled, I just lost my temper, and I shouldn't have. Sometimes, sometimes the price to pay is to humble yourself and go back to that person or to your children even and say, you know what, I'm, I'm so sorry. I reacted the wrong way. You know, what you did was not a big deal, and it shouldn't have, it shouldn't have um, caused that reaction to come out of me. Sometimes that's the price you pay um, to get your peace back, and it's worth it. And, um, and the next time, you don't, you don't lose it quite as easy. So lastly, how do we live in peace? We stay connected to the source. And, oh, too far. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Um, so I want to show you this picture of the Rose Garden here in Thomasville. You might recognize it. I run past the Rose Garden all the time because it's very near our house. And um, one day months ago, I guess I already knew I was going to share, and I just, um, I just felt like stopping to take a picture of the Rose Garden. And I was thinking about the... Um, the flowers there and how the flowers are beautiful there, the roses. I know you can't really see them too much in this picture because it's from far away, but it's beautiful to go walk through and see those flowers. But I was thinking how um, the roses there are really the world's version of peace. Um, They grow beautifully, but only under the right conditions. Um, they're dependent on people watering them, fertilizing the ground around them, weeding them, and keeping the bugs away. And as long as those things happen, they grow beautifully, um, they bloom, and they're gorgeous for a season. Um, that's the same day I ran past the rose garden. I ran past this flower. I almost ran over it because it's just the sidewalk is on one side and the parking lot is on the other. But I love wildflowers. I've always loved wildflowers, um, just on the side of the road and the highway, growing through cracks in the sidewalk. And I think it's because of their resilience and the ability for them to thrive under less than desirable conditions. And so this day, I ran past this flower, but I noticed it. And immediately, this, the Lord started speaking to me. And I went back, and I stopped, and I took a picture. Um, because this flower, and unlike just like so many other little wildflowers you might pass, um, it's blooming in the midst of ugly surroundings. It's in an undesirable location. It had trash nearby, and there was no one to water or tend to this flower. So why is it blooming and the color is just as vibrant as the roses that had passed earlier that day? It's because the root systems of this flower are connected somewhere to an unseen source. This flower is being fed Um, It's getting the water and the nutrition it needs. We can't see how or where, but somewhere in that crack, those roots go down deep. And they go down deep enough to connect to the source that supplies it with this beauty. Um, And typically, these little wildflowers, man, like, 
I know they have seasons where they bloom, but if you've ever tried to pull them out of your yard, you know that they come back, that they're persistent. They refuse to die. They may, have, um, they may go through storms and the petals may fall off, but they come back. They, and they come back because um, they're not dependent on people or things to keep them pretty. Um, if you're dependent on people and things to provide you with peace, then those same people and things will have the ability to take your peace away. But if you're dependent on God as your source of peace, then people and things can't steal it. Um, So I have up here this morning, this water bottle, and you may not be able to read it from there, but it says, my peace. Um, And I like to think of my peace as being water in this bottle. And um, no one, if the water inside this bottle is my peace, no one can pour this peace out except for me. Um, at any point in time, I can choose to unscrew this cap and pour the water out. Um, but you could be standing over there yelling at me, and it doesn't make me pour my water out. It might, but it, I have to choose to unscrew this cap and pour it out. Um, and I have to say that several times a week I do choose to pour it out because we all do. <laughs> um, but the thing is that it is so easy to refill this bottle so easy. In fact, oftentimes when we are um, tight on money and it's not time to go grocery shopping yet, we, have, we love to have water bottles at the house um, because it's one of the main things we drink. But I'll make the kids save their bottles and refill it and stick it back in the fridge. Like, I'm that mom and I know, but it just seems wasteful to me. We have a filter on our faucet and you can flip it and refill it. It's filtered water in a bottle. It's a water bottle. Stick it back in the fridge. <laughs> I'm thinking we're saving money, we're saving the environment. It's a good thing all the way around. And so we do that frequently in our house. Jamie is the master at saving a water bottle. I mean, he is, he is just like totally perfected that skill. In fact, if I throw his water bottle away because it's sitting somewhere in the house, he's like, did you throw my empty water bottle away? Why'd you throw it away? I'm like, because it was sitting in the den and it's empty, you know. But that's like an almost everyday conversation that we have. Where's my water bottle? Did you throw it away? <laughs> um, And so we have this place next to the sink that we sit. Like, if you're going to refill it, you sit it right there next to the sink. And then that's the sign, like, don't throw this away. I'm going to refill this bottle. (laughs) Um, And so we do this every day. And the Lord in your life is that faucet that it's one flick. Bam, the water comes on. It comes out. You're not going to have to go out to a well. It's right there in your house. I know every one of us has a water faucet inside of our house. Um, Not everyone does, but that's another conversation. So... When you choose to pour your peace out because of whatever um, situation, circumstance, words, um, and you have, and you realize that feeling inside that um, you know my peace is gone, <laughs> the reservoir is dry, is dry. It just literally takes you getting under the flow of the Lord and just saying, "Okay, God, I know I realize I just poured that out." Um, And, you know, maybe I shouldn't have, but it's gone. And so, Father, please refill me. And just like that, guys, the Lord pours right back into you and refills you. And then it's full again. You put the cat back on. It's okay that the seal has been broken. It's okay because that means we're continually going back. We're continually going back to that relationship with the Father and getting filled. Um, I have a bottle like this that says peace on it, except for it's written in Sharpie. (laughs) Um, and it sits on my windowsill, and you may lose your peace more when you're driving. You may lose it at work. You may lose it at home. But until 
um, fairly recently, my work was at home, so I kept it in my kitchen on the windowsill. Um, but this morning, I have enough water bottles for everyone to take one home with them. And I pulled the labels off and had these labels made that say my piece. And um, they're on the table in the foyer. And I want you to take one on your way out and put it wherever um, you would see it the most that you would need the reminder the most. Um, that you have a choice. And maybe if your choice has been to pour it out, that you need to just go get refilled. It's not a big deal. Just go get refilled. Um, and so it's not to drink. You can, but then you can refill it. Save the bottle. <laughs> Put it somewhere. Let it be a daily reminder. It's helped me so much. I mean, I know I was just writing on a water bottle, but it's been such a constant reminder to me that I want, it, I want you to have that and take it with you today. So my question for you this morning is, are you living in peace? Um, if the answer is no, it's okay. It just means that you realize that you need to live in peace. Um, maybe... Maybe you say, you know, I would never really live in peace because if God is peace, I don't have God. Um, that's the first step. You, it's impossible to live in a state of, if God is peace, it's impossible to live in that if you're not living in him. So um, if you, I'm going to pray with you, I'm going to lead you in a prayer first. Um, and then if you want to pray with someone this morning and say, I don't think I really know the Lord because I never, ever experienced this kind of peace, we want to pray with you this morning. Um, and there's going to be a ministry team to meet you up here at the front. But first, if you'll stand, and um, if this is something that you want um, to, to renew, to remind yourself, you want the Lord to redeem your peace in your life, um, I just would invite you to pray this prayer after me. Let's pray. Lord, I come to you this morning realizing that my peace supply has gotten too low. I repent for trusting in the world to supply my peace instead of looking to you. So right now I ask you to refill me to overflowing with the peace that only you can supply. Help me remember to hold on to it by staying connected to you. Thank you for paying the price for my peace, God. In your name I pray, amen. So if the ministry team will go ahead and come up, they're going to be over here to your left this morning. And if, if you need anything else from the Lord, if you need healing, um, if you want for us to agree with you about something, if you don't know the Prince of Peace himself, um, don't leave here without him. Uh, um, they're ready to pray for you. They've been interceding for this morning, and they would love to meet your needs and agree with you in prayer about anything.